This just in. It's that time once again for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Simmons Bank Arena in Little Rock, Arkansas. It's Monday Night Raw. Air date, January the 15th, 2024. This episode is The Road to the Royal Rumble, or better yet, the bigger picture is The Road to uh, WrestleMania. With the stop at the Royal Rumble. Um, so, let's uh, go in a... One, two, one, two, three. Let it really the wrestling. He likes to talk about it. If you like what wrestling we keep you. Come join us on wrestling show. Welcome to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out uh, to the non-competitors. That's right, they are the glue that holds the building together. Now, first and foremost, um, representing the uh, general manager, it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the backstage scoops and all the pre-match interviews, they are the team of Jackie Redmond and Byron Saxton. And then, heading into the ring, we have our announcers. The, uh, not announcers, the, uh, the officials, the referees. They are Chad Patton, Danilo Amphibio, Daphne Lachon, Eddie Oregano, and Rod Zapta. <clears throat> And of course, letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such matches. We've got ourselves Samantha Irving. And then last, but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of. Now, of course, he is my personal favorite, and I think he's the best out there, period. No one, no one, no one better out there. Keeping you up to date what's going on with the show the backgrounds, and keeping you up to... He's just my favorite. He's great. He's uh, He's got the very raspy yet soothing voice of my personal man crush, Wade Barrett. And backing up Wade Barrett is... Uh, he's a veteran of well over 25 years. It's Michael Cole. Now, without any further cadoos, let's get started with... Let's get started with the big shoe. The big shoe. So, here we go. We start off with, uh, oh my goodness, believe it or not, it starts out big. Wrestling has more than one royal family. That's right. Your personal favorite, your everyone's favorite, Mr. Leo. There's a bathroom stall, I'm finally here. The toilet's there, 
I'm about to blow. I ate five tacos before the show. Shut the door and I sit down on the throne. Oh, whoa. I was never party trained. When I was younger, my father was never there. I did a perfect angle, half a two-large Oh, Cody Rhodes. We all love that damn song. It's so damn catchy. I love it so much. Anyways, so what's Cody Rhodes going to be all about? So, uh, Little Rock, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? And he talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, songs and stuff like uh, uh, Shinsuke. Uh, talks about uh, now the reason why he's talking out here. He's like uh, he's talked about the reason why he came back to the WWE. You know, um, he's back um, and he's getting ready for the Royal Rumble to come around. So he's gonna make some. Uh, obviously, he wants to be the uh, champion. But uh, as he's talked about his uh, what he wants to do in the WWE, why he's back and such, why it's Mister Drew McIntyre comes down to the ring there and uh he says uh so what do you what do you want to talk about and it's like wow shanksty shanky he's not there but uh that's uh nice anyways so drew mcintyre you think he's gonna be attacking cody rhodes uh his person or his uh his character but no, as a matter of fact, he starts calling out, he starts uh, giving some, blowing steam up Cody Rhodes' arse, talking about how proud of Cody he is, how they've got similar paths, how they uh, how they had to leave, how they had to leave, they left WWE behind um, to become undeniable and then get called back to the WWE. So many people's journeys are like that, but anyways. Anyways, the whole thing is about finishing your story. Corey Ro uh, Cody Rhodes' story is obviously he wants to be a champion. The first Dusty Rhodes champion in the WWE. Or first Dusty champion. Uh, the Rhodes champion. A champion in the Rhodes family. I'm going to get this right soon. First champion in the Rhodes family. Um, and of course, what Drew McIntyre wants. He just wants... Um, what? He, he just wants to... Uh, he just doesn't want him to finish the story. But uh, he says, okay, nevertheless. So Drew McIntyre says, yes, you can finish your story. Be champion and everything like that, but not before me. But here's the thing. Drew McIntyre has already finished his story. He's been champion two times. Two times. But apparently, um, Drew McIntyre wants to be champion the third time before Cody Rhodes can finish his, cha his story being champion one time. Okay. So it's all going to happen at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be a big Royal Rumble. A lot of people's got, uh, there's a lot of steaks and a lot of potatoes at the Royal Rumble. See what's going to happen there. So yeah, after that, we go backstage and it's interesting because we got a little bit of the, uh, you know, uh, Judgment Day. I can say the Judgment Day action backstage. It's with uh, Damien Priest and uh, I guess... R-Truth. And apparently, R-Truth's been hacking 
all the Judgment Day merchandise. All of it. He's getting them and reselling it and making you money hand over fist, apparently. According to the storyline, because there's no way he's doing any selling of anything. <laughs> anyway, so he's making some serious cash money and he's... Uh, Damien Priest like, oh, you ain't part of Judgment Day. And uh, R-Truth's like, hey, here's a cut of the profits. You always, you all got to get a cut out of profit. And he gives them big, big wad of bills, not just like $4. Here's a profit, so I got made you $4. Not quite five, four, I think four twenty-seven, to be exact. But I went and got myself a Tic Tac. Anyways, so I think, uh, yeah, um, R-Truth, Officially Judgment Day, not officially Judgment Day, but I think he's considered Judgment Day in my books. Our truth Judgment Day, why not? You know what, he's a, uh, he's a comic relief. And I think uh, Judgment Day, they're just getting too serious. They need to have some uh, some comic relief, part of their true team. Part of their team! So anyways, uh, another thing. There's going to be a tag team match later tonight. Our truths going to be part of it, but he's going to be part of a Miz's team. And he says, hey, give me a favor tonight. Don't tag in. <coughs> Hear that? That was a burp, too. He didn't burp. But he told our truth not to tag in. It is a match tonight. And our truths goes a wink. Wink. I hear ya. What's that? Hey, little Timmy. Little Jimmy. Little Stinky. Yeah, our truth He's... I don't know. He's, he's, he's the comedy routine. He's the comedy uh, relief. Period. Period. So now after that, we go to our a tag team match. A tag team match. And it's a judgment day. You know. It's uh, um, Dominic Mysterio and J.D. McDonough. I made a pie. I made an apple pie. At the, uh, you know, fighting, of course. DIY die DIY you know it's uh you know Johnny Gargano and uh Tommaso Ciampa this match here was a, was a barn burner was a knuckle duster it was a lot of, it was good it was it was a pretty good fun pretty good fun match um was it match of the night um uh, no no it was good it was good tag team action now, here we go. How does it go? Like I say, it's about 18 minutes. Uh, roughly 18 minutes in length. This one here was... It's a lot of fun here. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa take the fight outside the ring earlier on and uh, patting themselves on the back. Patting themselves on the back. You know? Um, so, yeah. Anyways. For their good work. So, here we get a moment of the match here where... Uh, it's uh, Johnny Gargano going for the hot tag on Tommaso Ciampa. And it's uh, J.D. McDonough rolls into the ring there, gets the referee's attention away from what's happening. He did not see the tag and pushes Tommaso Ciampa back out of the ring. Now, here's the problem here. Now, uh, clearly, you can't. If the ref doesn't see it, it doesn't happen. So the tag didn't happen. So does, do they follow this uh, concept all the way through? Now, here we go. What I seen, what I seen in the match here. Right after that, um, Dominic Mysterio takes the fight down to his corner there. And he points over to J.D. McDonough. And J.D. gets in the ring there. Like, he pointed to J.D. McDonough. They're close. They could have made a tag, but he pointed to him. That, at least that's what I've seen. Could they have made a tag earlier? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. So he points at... Says he basically waves in J.D. to the ring there. And J.D. goes in the ring there. And everybody's like, Oh, what? What? What, what happened? And then he's like... Uh, 
tag and he, and he makes a tag sound so it's like yeah what's going on here you know you don't see a tag from happening and then one that you don't when you actually you actually don't see it happening you don't call it it makes no sense makes no sense maybe the referee should be shot out of a cannon a cannon somehow now here we go now the uh, DIY Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa they got this one big uh, it's a big uh, tandem move it's Tommaso Ciampa gives uh, he's giving the old Dominic Mysterio the old backdrop driver and uh, you know uh, what's that Johnny Gargano jumps in with a like a Spears type thing grabbing the other leg and shamming him down the flying uh, like uh, it's interesting it's interesting like a jackknife powerbomb style. Anyways, the match goes on. Match goes on. They're all in the ring. Referee's got no control over the match. No control over the match. Eventually, the end sequences. JD McDonough hits, goes to the top rope with a beautiful, picture-perfect moonsault off the top. Hits uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Going for the pin, but it is uh, Johnny Gargano with the super kick to the face. Not really quite a super kick because uh, JD McDonough, he was uh, kneeling down there and, uh, you know, He's not very tall in the first. Anyway, so he gets kicked off the Tommaso Ciampa. And then it's uh, Dominic Mysterio. He tries to get in there. He tries to get, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Gargano tries to get him into a 619, but he gets caught and gets a big old knee lift right out the ring, right out of the game. Dominic Mysterio is gone. So then it's uh, 2 on 1. 2 on 1 in the ring there, inside the ring. Eventually, JD McDonough gets uh, caught in their, uh, their pancake move. It's called, they call it meat in the middle, where they meet, it's someone in the middle, literally and figuratively, you know. So they meet in the middle with the meat in the middle, with the double uh, kick to the head, one's a knee, one's a, what's the insecurity, and puts out J.D. McDonough once and for all. The match is over! And uh, yeah, DIY with the big victory, Judgment Day with a big L in their thing. So next up, we go backstage with uh, some, uh, you know, it's actually a Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. They're looking for a chance. Looking for a chance. They haven't been doing anything as a team, you know. Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, and uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, you know. So look for um, look for some action. And then it's Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, former tag team champions, saying that uh, Piper going in there complaining. That's saying she actually pinned. She got the pin, but it was low count. You know, and anyway, so she they want to rematch. But it turns out to be like this. It's uh, perfect timing. If uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell are looking for a chance, this is it. Take on your former tag team champion, Candice, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Chelsea Green, and her tag team partner, Piper Niven. And it's true, I think, uh, um... What's that? Uh, Wade Barrett said later on that uh, I wonder why Piper Niven's still with Chelsea Green, even though they don't when they don't have the tag team championships. Could they be more than just uh, uh, tag team partners? Could they be growing on each other? Could they be friends? Could they be friends now? Who knows? But regardless, the match the match starts now, and this match was about three and a half minutes long. A very short match. It's uh, about the length of a long commercial break. You know, and watching backstage, it is your—they call themselves the most fightingest champions out there. It is Caden uh, Carter and Katana Chance. Now it looks like it would look like they're watching backstage in the locker room area, 
But clearly, this is a trick that the WWE uses quite often. That when they want to make sure that when, when they want to make it's his magic, smoke and mirrors. They want you to believe that they're there, but they're really not. They're watching, I bet any money, they're watching like a green screen on top of that. It looks like a TV set, but it's a green screen. And they just, uh, you know, pump on whatever is going on. So it looks like it's current. That's what I think. Anyway, so they're watching. What goes on here? Now, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, they've got this tandem move, which is, it's actually, it's, it's almost hilarious. It's almost hilarious. Now, Piper Nivens dropped down to the ground there. And, uh, um, what's that? Indy Hartwell's tagged in, I believe. And then this Candice LeRae, she does a handstand on one side of Piper Niven, and she uh, scissors Indy Hartwell. And then they bring her up to like a, a suplex style. Indy Hartwell goes for a suplex, like it looks like Indy Hartwell from the scissors to bring her up for a uh, front face, from first to a suplex. And then uh, she drops Candice LeRae like a splash style on top of uh, Piper Niven. That was a mouthful. It's, it took a while to say, and it took a while to do in a match. It was thinking too much and too hard what to do with the move. That's a lot of redundancies in there. Anyways, anyways. It's broken up by uh, Chelsea Green. Now here's where it gets crazy. Crazy. Piper Niven picks up uh, Indy Hartwell, gives her one hell of a power slam, just slams her the holy hell down. And she goes for another move, and she gets tagged out by uh, Chelsea Green. Piper Niven goes for a, a basement high cross, but she misses. And then next you know it, uh, it's Piper Niven getting kicked out of that very ring by, uh, you know, Indy Harwell. Indy tags herself out pretty much. And... Uh, and then comes the finishing move, the tandem, another another ridiculous tandem move by uh, Indy Hartwell and uh, uh, Candice LeRae. Now, in Candice Le Indy Hartwell, she gets uh, Chelsea Green. She picks her up by, uh, she was behind her, and she grabs her by the, under the armpits, and she swings her legs uh, so she's uh, being platformed, planking, her legs uh, being held up by the second rope, and her arms, shoulders being held up by... Indy Hartwell. Cancel Ray goes off from the second rope with the most poorest, one of the most poorest excuse for a moonsault. Just like, oh, that is ugly. That is ugly. And she hits, uh, you know, Chelsea Green with the ugliest moonsault ever. The U-M-S, ugliest moonsault. And then after that, it is a pin. One, two, three. This was, one thing was also hilarious. I think uh, Indy Hartwell forgot that she tagged out. She was going for the pin, too. And she's like, oh, Roy, oh, I tag out. Oh, I shouldn't be pinning anybody. So she claws off the thing. The referee's like, doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't care what's going on. He just counts three. What are you supposed to do? And it is over. Three and a half minutes. Uh, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell with a big a victory. Match was ugly, but it was a big victory. Nevertheless. Moving on. We go to the ring with the uh, Imperiums. Um, it's at uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And he introduces his, uh, Your Intercontinental Champion, Gunter. So they're in the ring there. And uh, Gunter, you know, it's been a while. Now, Gunter did last month, um, you know, uh, put up his uh, title for To The Miz, you know, for, uh, you know, Defended his championship. Now, he's the only he's one of the only ones that hasn't really 
defended him and uh, Roman Reigns hasn't defended their titles this month yet. And of course, uh, Kane and Carter can have a chance. Um, haven't really, whatever. Regards, there's so many people who haven't done anything. So now, the Royal Rumble is the next pay per view. And Gunter will not be defending his title at the Royal Rumble because he will be at the Royal Rumble participating in the Royal Rumble, which I think is ridiculous. Gunther should be defending his championship belt. Maybe there's too many big matches and he would just be lost in the mix, but I don't think so. Gunther is that good of a fighter that no matter who Gunther fights, it will be a main event style match, even if he fights Tozawa. So here we go. Uh, Gunter is in that ringer with uh, uh, Ludwig Kaiser. Now, uh, he's like, uh, the big question is, now after he announces he's going to be part of the Royal Rumble and he's going to win the Royal Rumble and become part of WrestleMania to uh, be main event WrestleMania to become a two-belt champion. I don't know, he didn't really tell you about two-belt champions, but he wants to be uh, main event WrestleMania. Anyways, he starts talking about what happened in his absence because he took a couple of weeks off, you know, uh, took the end of the uh, 2023 off and the beginning of 2024. And now he wants to know what's going on. So he looks at some, you know, um, footage of uh, Ludwig Kaiser taking out, injuring Kofi Kingston with a massive drop kick, with a massive drop kick. So then while he's talked about how Priest talks about how, uh, you know, he seems he's very, uh, um, he feels uh, a lot of, uh, BC shows Gunther a lot of grit, confidence, and courage. Taking Kofi out, he says, Well done, Ludwig Kaiser. Anyways, we got someone who did not appreciate that. He wasn't there last week to save Kofi Kingston from intimate um, injury because he was somewhere doing some sort of uh, up, up, down, down uh, thing. I don't, know. I don't know what he was doing, regardless. So he wasn't there. This week, he's very upset for the aftermath of what happened to Kofi Kingston, and he wants revenge on Ludwig Kaiser. So they go to the ring there and they start fighting outside the ring. Now he asked for a match. And he said, you should ask your daddy. Ask your daddy if it's okay or not. And Gunter, everybody's like, who's your daddy? Gunter is everybody. Everybody knows that. But anyways, Gunter gives the microphone to uh, Ludwig Kaiser and leaves the ring. Leaves everything to um, Ludwig Kaiser to handle his own. Anyways, they start scrapping before the match and they get into the ring there where the match officially starts. Officially starts. And this was about uh, seven minutes in length. You know. Now they take the fight. You know, they fight, take the fight outside eventually. And Livid Kaiser throws. Uh, now there's a lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. It was a good match. It was a lot of fun. Um, Livid Kaiser throws uh, yeah, Xavier Woods into the ring post. Just like a javelin. Pretty crazy. And then he does his patented corner drop kick, where he usually does this with uh, uh, Giovanni Vinci. But Giovanni is injured. So then there's just a single drop kick to the face of uh, Xavier Woods. And then eventually they take the fight outside. Xavier Woods does a, uh, a more extreme version of Lyra Valkyria's uh, drop kick from inside the ring to outside of the ring. Lyra Valkyria catches herself with, with her armpits. But uh, Xavier Woods, he slides all the way out, drop-kicking the holy hell out of uh, Ludwig Kaiser, throw him right over top of the commentating table. You know, uh, Wade Barrett and uh, Michael Cole had to be pretty quick to get out of the damn way. Get out of the damn way! And then it's uh, Ludwig Kaiser, he gets tries to set up 
with a massive chair shot to the face like he tried to take out, uh, like he did to Kofi Kingston last week. He throws a commentating table, commentator's uh, chair towards Xavier Woods, misses. Ends up, uh, Xavier uh, picks up a chair, picks up that very chair. He knocks down uh, Ludwig Kaiser, picks up the very chair, and then smashes uh, Ludwig Kaiser with the chair. Now, if Xavier Woods would have grabbed uh, Ludwig Kaiser and threw him into the steel steps, and then threw him into the ring post, and then threw him through the table, that would be perfectly legal. Perfectly legal. Nothing would have happened. They would, okay, then you can get your revenge still, but just by throwing him into the ring post or the steel steps. But no, he took that chair and threw it on to Ludwig Kaiser. And do you all know if you start using, uh, if you turn things around and throw an inanimate in object into your opponent, that is an instant disqualification, which makes no sense whatsoever. Anyways, so it's disqualification time. Um, you know, uh, Xavier Woods tries to put a exclamation point on it, grabs a chair, and he gets uh, kicked in the face. Chair to his own a face. Ludwig Kaiser then tried to set up Xavier Woods, exactly what he did to uh, Kofi Kingston, laying him across to, um, laying, him, laying him across the steel steps, ready for a massive drop kick to the face. But it is uh, Xavier Woods. He gets up and he gives the uh, looks like a, a, a cave in. Looks like a cave in. You know, to uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And then Ludwig gets up and grabs a chair and starts to smash. Try well, he doesn't grab a chair. He grabs the old steel steps and he tries to smash uh, Ludwig Kaiser's head in with the steel steps. Ludwig Kaiser escapes with his life. Escapes! The ring post, not so good though. Ring post got hit with the stairs. Yep, so Ludwig Kaiser runs out of there like a thief in the night. This will continue on some other time. But anyways, you know, uh, it is, after all, uh, um, gonna have to fight another time because it was a, a disqualification. So I guess uh, Ludwig Kaiser won by disqualification. So good for Ludwig Kaiser. After that, we got ourselves a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, Bronson Reed. Mr. Bronson Reed looking to dominate, I believe. He's looking now that uh, Royal Rumble is really stacked this year, really super stacked. Everybody wants that gold, you know. Anyways, moving on. We got ourselves backstage. It is uh, Mr. Uh, you know Byron Saxton wants to get a couple words in with uh, what's going on with Xavier Woods and what's going on with this thing with uh, Imperium, especially uh, you know uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And before he can say anything uh, poignant, he gets attacked. Attacked by Ludwig Kaiser himself. And before Ludwig Kaiser can really lay down on the beats, lay down on the beats, it is Mr. Yeet himself. Mr. Yeet himself. Copyright impending. It's uh, Jay Uso. You know. He comes and stops the fight. And he stares down some Ludwig Kaiser. So, Jay Uso with another Yeet shirt. This time here, it's properly spelled. You can actually see the letters. So they're willing to pay out the, uh, you know, copyright fee. Anyway, who cares? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. So uh, it is uh, Jay Uso to the aid of uh, Xavier Woods. After all, they got this off and on again friendship. You know, their uh, rivalries expanded years. Extended years. Anyways, so moving on. Moving on, we got ourselves our next match. It is... Uh, 
Um, representing it, the Alpha Academy, it's Akira Tozawa. And with Akira Tozawa, it is uh, Maxine Dupree. She's in her, uh, looks like looks like she's ready to wrestle. She looks pretty good. Her ring gear looks uh, look like she's matching with, I thought when I saw them too, I thought it was going to be, is this going to be a mixed tag team match? Because I thought it was going to be uh, Akira and obviously Maxine. But Maxine is just there with Akira and fighting Akira is representing the Viking Raiders. It's Ivar and with Ivar, you escort him to the ring now. It is the most curvaceous woman. I call her the theist. She is uh, the sexiest woman. She is feral. She is feral. She is Valhalla. Anyways, this match here was about uh, whew, two minutes. And about when it starts, it starts quick. You know, uh, Kira Tozawa runs right into a, a foot. He gets kicked right to the ground. I thought, that's it. It's over right there. But Akira turns things around. With, like, he gets some fast moves. Akira's like maybe 200 pounds lighter than uh, Ivar. 200 pounds lighter than Ivar. And uh, I thought, well, and I, so Akira's got this. She's got the speed. He's got the speed factor, you know, the meme himself. And he tears off his, he turns things around there with the, you got a nice, uh, uh, what's a tornado DDT? Yeah, not a tornado DDT. He just gets a DDT onto Ivar. And then he, he tries to tear off his shirt. He does. And uh, he runs the ropes. And then it's Ivar picking up Tozawa right off his feet with a, like a, a tornado slam, like a black hole slam. It is pretty, it was pretty devastating. That could have been it for the match, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Match continues. Ivar then uh, goes for a basement high crossbody. That could have ended the match right there, but it didn't. Ivar then climbs to the ropes to do his finishing moonsault, but it's uh, Maxine Dupree climbing up on the ring apron there. And uh, nowhere in sight is uh, the feral, the sexy feral um, Valhalla to pull her off there, to put her in her place. No. It is uh, Ivar. He's distracted. Oh my! Look who's there! And then, or oh my! Oh, it doesn't mind. And then uh, Tozawa takes full advantage. He climbs up the ropes here to meet up Ivar. And then with the, uh, I guess you can say sunset flip style. Sunset flip. He gets Ivar into a power bomb off the second ropes. With the matchbook cover, one, two, three. Ivar couldn't straighten out. It is a victory for Tozawa. Now, before the day's over for the Alpha Academies, Tazawa and uh, Maxine Dupree, they're trying to leave, and then Maxine's attacked by the very feral and very sexy um, Valhalla. Attacks her good, and then she throws her back into the ring, and she starts uh, woman handling uh, Maxine. Tazawa tries to get back in the ring there, and then he gets his head removed by uh, Ivar with a massive spinning heel kick. And it's over for uh, the Alpha Academy. Maxine uh, gets uh, thrown to the ropes. She gets uh, popped up. She gets popped up. It's uh, Valhalla, I guess, her, her move, one of her, I guess, her finisher, I guess, her new finisher is a pop-up headbutt to the face. So she pops up Maxine, and when she comes down there, she pops her in the chin with her head and uh, knocks them both out, and it is looking good. After that, oh, after that, after that, it's not over for Tazawa. It is uh, Moon Doom Salt. It's a doom since a moonsault by uh, Ivar right off the top rope, just crushing Tozawa. And it's uh, the Viking Raiders, they get the moral victory. Even though he lost, Ivar lost, he squashes the holy hell out of Tozawa. And uh, 
Valhalla smashes the holy hell out of Maxine with that massive headbutt. Massive headbutt. So yes, anyways, moving on. We go backstage and it's with uh, the whole team back there. Brutus Creed, Julius Creed, Otis and Chad Gable consoling Tazawa and Maxine for the big loss in his Ivy, uh, Ivy Nile. She's all upset because her tag team partner was violated by, uh, you know, Valhalla, the sexiest woman in uh, Raw, most curvaceous. Anyways, um, instead of uh, Maxine getting uh, revenge, it is uh, Ivy Nile going to Adam Pearce requesting a match. And of course, it's, uh, um, what's that, Chad Gable, Chad Gabler. He's upset, whole upset, so now he's going to challenge uh, Ivar to a match too. So yeah, Ivar versus Chad Gable, it's going to be good. going to be good. You know, will uh, Ivar uh, break his losing streak and get a big victory over Chad Gable? Most likely, I would think so. I would think so. And with that, we go into the ring with the Rhea, a bloody Ripley. And she's tired of people like Nia Jax claiming to run the division when clearly it is uh, Rhea Ripley's division because she is the champion. Now, instead of uh, Nia Jax coming down to the ring, telling her what's what, giving her piece of her mind, it is a person who lost to Nia Jax the other week. It is uh, Becky Lynch. She comes down to there and uh, she starts talking about... Uh, herself and uh, Rhea Ripley talk about their similarities and their differences and whatnot. And uh, she talks about the differences also that uh, it's uh, the strength of a bear versus heart of a lion. She didn't say which one's which, but we all know that, uh, you know, uh, what uh, Rhea Ripley's both. <laughs> strength of a bear and heart of a lion. <laughs> Anyways, so here's the thing. Um, uh, Becky Lynch, she doesn't think that she can beat Rhea Ripley. So she's got to prove it to herself that she can. So she's looking to uh, go into the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, and uh, challenge Rhea Bloody Ripley to a match. Mm -hmm. I think without a doubt it will be a good match. You know, Rhea Ripley is uh, like double the size of uh, uh, Becky Lynch. Becky, wearing as uh, uh, loose clothes as possible, she's lost in this baggy clothes she's wearing because she's so gaunt. But the match, however, will be a good one. And I'm pretty sure Becky Lynch will put up a great fight. It would look like she hustles like a son of a gun. I bet she'll climb ropes many times and go off the ropes. But in the end, it will be real bloody Ripley. And then with that said, we go with the husband. It's, uh, you know, Jackie Redmond with Seth Rollins with a pre-match interview um, against uh, Jinder Mahal. And, uh, well, Jackie's like, well, if you plan on going to uh, WrestleMania as a champion, well, why would you take a match like this? Something like that. Underlines of that. Anyways, I guess uh, Seth Rollins, he's got, uh, he says, Jinder Mahal deserves this opportunity. Deserves it. But he will beat him and go into WrestleMania as champion. Stuff like that. Anyways. That match won't be till the main event, main event match. But for now, we go into the ring there with a tag team match. Very interesting, very interesting match. It is uh, the, the tag team match we were talking about earlier with the R-Truth and the Miz versus Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damien Priest. 
This is not a tag team championship match. Now, here we go. In this match here. Um, now, R-Truth, he was not, did not come out to ring there with uh, The Miz. He came out with the Judgment Day. Came out with, imposed in the ring with the Judgment Day. Now, earlier on, uh, R-Truth paid off uh, Damien Priest to become part of the Judgment Day. And Damien Priest like, hey, you pay me money? I don't care. As long as you give me money. He didn't really say that, but he wasn't too unhappy that R-Truth is there. I think R-Truth, he's Judgment Day. Yes, I'll face it. I've been saying that forever, for forever this episode. Anyways, so then before the match starts, he uh, pulls out a wad of cash. He fumbles it on the ground. He starts trying to pick. Now, yeah, just a lot of time-wasting moment here. R-Truth pick up the cash, and he gives it to uh, Finn Balor. This is your cut. And then he gives a wad of money to Dominic Mysterio. Oh, my goodness. R-Truth must have sold thousands, thousands of merchandise. Thousands to give everybody cuts of, like, hundreds. Of, I'm not sure... Thousands of dollars were given to, to uh, you know, what's that? Uh, Damien Priest, Finn Balor, and uh, Dominic Mysterio. But however, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, our truth doesn't feel J.D. McDonough is still part of Judgment Day. After all, they lost, and J.D. McDonough was uh, theoretically not part of Judgment Day. But Rhea Ripley says, phooey on that. But Rhea Ripley's not part of this whole group here. So anyways, here's the thing. Um, now, the match does eventually start. R-Truth. Now, R-Truth wasn't supposed to tag in, but he ended up starting the match. Starting the match up. You know, so it's like, okay, so he's fighting Judgment Day. But R-Truth goes and finally gets a hot tag out to the Miz. You know? Miz starts fighting, starts doing some good work there. This match was uh, was definitely the... Uh, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was the comedy relief in the match here. So there's going to be a lot of interesting fun and some wrestling. The Miz gets the Finn Balor. He gets him in the corner there. He does his Miz uh, clothesline, Miz Lariat off the corner, you know, where he sits down on the ropes there and he gives a, the Lariat. And that's where R-True tags himself back in the ring there. That's right, craziness. So R-True starts taking, getting rid of, uh, taking care of some Finn Balor. Dominic Mysterio jumps on the ring apron. No, Dominic Mysterio. I didn't really mention earlier, but he's wearing this, these Uggs from hell, these massive Uggs. You know, these these boots. It should be Dominic, Dominic Boots Mysterio. He jumps on a ring apron and Miz comes in the ring there and knocks Dominic Mysterio outside the ring. And then Damien Priest comes in the ring there and with a massive spinning kick, knocks the holy hell of the Miz. He rolls out of the ring there. He rolls out of the ring. And then it's the, the comedy part. What's going on? Uh, it uh, looks like R-Truth is going to attack a fellow um, Judgment Day member, Damien Priest. And Damien's like, what are you doing? What are you doing trying to attack me? Don't you know what we... Do we have a deal? Do we have a, a, a deal that we struck earlier? Stuff like that's been said. They start arguing. Um, Finn Balor tries to attack, uh, you know, R-Truth again. R-Truth knocks him back down. And then it's uh, J.D. McDonough. He tries to roll in the ring there. And that's when the ref sat it. it. That's it. I'm turning my back on this, you guys. Don't do anything stupid. So he turns around and starts arguing with uh, J.D. McDonough. And then uh, R-Truth's picked up and then South of Heaven chokeslam down to the mat. And then Finn Balor crawls over and gets to one, two, three, on to R-Truth. Now I guess R-Truth can say later that, yeah, I did that on purpose to make it, you know, I don't know. But R-Truth, 
is part is our truth part of uh, Judgment Day? I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah. He is con- He is technically part of our Judgment Day. And it's uh, they're funnier for it. They're funnier for it. And with that, we go backstage, and it's with uh, Jackie Redmond, with a little pre-match interview with, uh, you know, uh, Jinder Mahal, saying uh, he's got a seven-year drought in his mind. Seven-year drought. So he wants today that uh, now apparently everyone is divided. He wants to unify. Apparently, so Jinder has got to be focused on the match. And we go on to our next match. Actually, no, we have uh, some Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, so the match that he lost against Cody Rhodes, that street fight, he didn't, he couldn't punish Cody Rhodes the way he wanted to, which made him angry. And with that, uh, he has left him also hungry. So he's uh, hangry. So yeah, Shinsuke is angry and hungry which makes a very unpredictable Shinsuke Nakamura so watch out Royal Rumble Shinsuke Nakamura will take your dreams okay next up we got ourselves a tag team match in the women's division it is uh, the team the newly formed team of uh, Shayna Baszler and Zoe actually it's uh, yeah Zayna Shayna Baszler Zoe Stark in the team you know Shayna Baszler uh, well you know She's been put with everybody, tag teaming with everybody. Zoe Stark, you know, they've been, both of them have been pretty much floundering in the main division. Also, they're, they're fighting uh, Natalia and Tegan Knox. Natalia with uh, fresh new colors, uh, the black and white instead of black and uh, pink. You know, like there's, uh, anyways. And with Tegan Knox, they're still together. They're, they're both floundering in, in mid-cards. So now, how's this match here? This is what uh, this was about five and a half minutes long, five and a half minutes, and it's usually it's all a Tegan Knox in the beginning. You know, she's trying to take on both Shayna and Zoe. You now Shayna and Zoe feel they can destroy Natalia and Tegan with ease. So this goes. Now, this was about half, five and a half minutes. This was an okay match. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Now watching this match as well. At least that's what it looks like they are, because it is uh, your current champions of uh, you're fighting as champions who's uh, really done nothing since uh, they got the belts. Apparently, they're gonna be fighting this Friday, this Friday on SmackDown. But as for now, uh, they're watching this match as well, watching this match as well uh, backstage. Uh, according, they they call it backstage, but I think, like I say, are they really back there or is it uh, pre-recorded and they're just watching a green screen with something just piped on so it looks like they're live? Anyways. That's what's happening. So inside a match there, Tegan Knox, um, she's a miss injury. She's injury prone. You know, she's like Devere or Sangha of, uh, you know, the women's division. Anyway, she comes out on top rope. She does a massive high cross body press as Shayna Baszler. Pretty good stuff. You know. Now, we've got a moment here where uh, it looks like it's going to be finished. It's Natalia with a massive, uh, uh, I guess her uh, discus lariat knocks down Shayna Baszler. You know, uh, Zoe Stark tries to run there and there, and Zoe Stark gets, uh, she gets thrown outside the ring there. So Zoe Stark's outside the ring, and then uh, Shayna Baszler's put down. No, Shayna Baszler, it's, uh, yeah, Shayna Baszler's put down. And then they try to do the Doomsday device, the uh, Bret Hart and uh, the Hart Foundation finisher, where it's, uh, what's that, uh, Natalia holds up Shayna, holds up Shayna Baszler for the massive uh, clothesline, the more massive lariat. 
And it's uh, Tegan Nox. She hits those ropes and she gets pulled outside that ring. And then she gets kicked right in the face, knocked out by uh, Zoe Stark. Inside the ring, it's uh, Natalia and uh, Shayna Baszler. Natalia, uh, Shayna gets off of Natalia's uh, back there, or his front. And then she gets her Karafuna clutch. She gets a Karafuna clutch almost instantly on uh, Natalia. Natalia rolls through, tries to get the pin. She doesn't. Shayna Baszler turns that Karafuna clutch into a headlock, into a side headlock. You know, if she leaned back on it, it would be like the bully choke. The bully choke. But it is close to a bully choke. It is a side headlock. And uh, Natalia has nothing better to do than tap out on a side headlock. I've never seen that before. A side headlock winning a match. I might have seen it, but it's very forgetful. So yeah, winning the match is Shayna Baszler. And Zoe Stark. And losing, of course, Natalia and Tegan Knox. You know. Is there a future for Natalia and Tegan Knox? Not really, but how long will they be tagged still together for 2024? Who knows? Who knows how long they're going to keep it together? But, uh, yeah. Anyways, moving on. We go to our main event championship match. It is uh, Indus Sheer. Representing Indus Sheer. It's Jinder Mahal with Veer and Sangha in tow versus your reigning and retain your reigning and uh, defending champion Seth friggin Rollins so here we go this match was just a little under 13 minutes and of course it's uh, right off the bat it's Sangha flopping his, his giant ass onto the ring apron there getting the attention of uh, Seth Rollins and uh, it's Jinder Mahal with the uh, first round of offense because of that now, early on in the match, it's uh, Damien Priest. He makes his presence known and joins ringside watching the match with his Money in a Bank briefcase in tow. So he's so maybe possibly cashing in. Seth Rollins goes down. He does his combo, his high-flying combo with a, uh, a springboard uh, um, swanton. Uh, it's, it's a, yes. The springboard's, uh, yeah, or should I say, uh, you know, uh, well, more or less a slingshot. Yeah, a slingshot uh, swanton to a springboard moonsault. Now, when he hit the moonsault, he hit uh, hit high or hit low. Hit, he landed low on uh, himself on Jinder Mahal. When uh, Seth Rollins landed, it seemed like he landed with his knee hitting Jinder Mahal on the stomach area. And I would think it looks like a minor or it looks like he hyperextended his knee. Seth Rollins probably did some hyperextended because he he uh, he was selling a knee thing, selling a knee trope, the Cody Rhodes knee trope. And then not to make things better, but to make things worse, he gets uh, Jinder Mahal into a uh, pedigree, and most pets agree with the pedigree. Some don't, but uh, hits a uh, Jinder Mahal with a pedigree, re-injuring that knee. Can't capitalize on victory. Now he does go for the roll up. On, uh, he tries to get the pin on uh, Jinder, but they they're way too close to ropes. Jinder Mahal, his leg gets pulled, <laughs> at least slo very sloppily, trying to pull into the ropes by uh, Veer, Veer Mahan. Referee sees clearly sees Veer is pulling on the leg, you know, but 
but he doesn't throw them outside the match. Nope, doesn't throw them out yet. He just sees, oh, the leg, leg was on the thing. I didn't see that leg. Or, you know, whatever, it's ridiculous. So they fight on. Seth Rollins gets all pissed off. He attacks Veer with the massive tope. It's outside the ring there. He goes back to the ring by uh, a massive high cross body. Tries to squash with a splash. Jinder Mahal inside the ring there, but Jinder moves out of the way just in time. And then this is where it gets interesting. Damien Priest decides maybe he should make a move towards the championship gold. So he gets up with his briefcase, and that's where things get rough. Things get rough. It's uh, Drew McIntyre shows up there, helping out his old friend, his old uh, friend from the three-man band, Jinder Mahal. They've got history. 3MB, baby. As a matter of fact, uh, um, it's a Drew McIntyre history with the uh, Cody Rhodes, too. The Dashing Ones, I think they're called. We're called. Anyway, regardless, Drew McIntyre's been tag team with everybody, apparently. So anyways, he comes in the ring there. He does not want this transaction to take place. And they start fighting. Drew McIntyre and, uh, what's that, uh, Damien Priest. And while they're fighting, the referee is, is starts uh, focusing on them outside the ring fighting. He turns his back on uh, Seth Rollins, where he gets uh, a, a slow blow. Is uh, either uh, Sangha helped out, but uh, he gets uh, suckered by, I believe, uh, um, Jinder Mahal. Something happens back there. He gets uh, suckered back there. Sucker uh, attacked, but behind the ref's back. Anyways, Jinder Mahal gets a lung blower and uh, tries to get the pin on uh, Seth Rollins, but here we go. Things get crazy. The real ending here, it's... Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Veer jumps on the ropes, gets reference to attention. Sangha throws in the chair into the ring. Now, uh, Sangha misses, or uh, Veer, uh, it's a uh, Jin Mahal, nothing happens with the chair. Misses with the chair, drops the chair. And then while the referee is working with the chair, Seth Rollins moves down to the ring, uh, ring ropes, and he gets knocked in the head by, uh, what's it? Uh, by Sangha, or by Veer. Veer knocks, uh, you know, there's, it's a lot of happening here. So uh, Veer knocks uh, Seth Rollins with the head with the, with the money in a bank briefcase, which uh, Damien Priest dropped earlier. So you think, is this over? Could it be it? And then with the Colossus, the uh, Uranagi by Jinder Mahal puts down Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins kicks out of it. Oh my goodness. Uh, Veer and Sangha jump on the ring apron there and they both get kicked out of the match. Jinder Mahal tries to go for another Colossus. He gets dropped onto the ground there. And before Jinder Mahal can get back up, it is curb stomp city. That's it. That's it. One curb stomp and uh, Seth Rollins was, was in a... Regardless, Seth Rollins beats Jinder Mahal with a curb stomp. One, two, three. Under 13 minutes. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Anyways. Um, that wraps up for uh, another episode of Monday Night Raw for the wrestling show. But for our podcast listener, please stand by. Please stay tuned for after this break. We'll have some more the wrestling show with some uh, NXT. But for our YouTube friend, that's it for this week. Stay tuned for next week for an all new episode of the wrestling show. I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood, saying see you for now.
This just in. It's that time, once again, to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in uh, Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT, air date January the 16th, 2024. This episode is the road to uh, a vengeance day. So let's go in. One, two, one, two, Welcome back to The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of the NXT. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right, they are the, um, the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, um, the, I guess, the, uh, the authority figure. Uh, the general manager, um, usually the authority figure, the, the man, is usually uh, Sean Michaels. But Sean Michaels has been, uh, I guess, absent for many months. Many, many months. And the interim um, man or the authority figure was Ava. So as for now, there is no authority figure. I would assume there's nobody there really uh, being the uh, new authority figure of the uh, DNXT. So regardless, next, um, I guess you can say uh, to getting all the pre-match interviews and all the post-match, uh, um, all the backstage scoops and all the pre-match interviews, we got ourselves at Kelly Kincaid. Then heading to the ring. Um, we've got ourselves the authorities, the officials, the officials, the referees, and the team today are uh, Adrian Butler, Chip Danning, Dallas Irving, Derek Saunders, Felix Fernandez, Gary Wilson, and Joey Gonzalez. And of course, letting everybody know who's about to fight and what's happening in the ring and what's uh, the results of such matches. We've got ourselves Alicia Taylor. And last... But certainly not least, it's um, it's the commentary crew. It's the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of the two-time, that's right, the two-time Hall of Favor. I'm talking peanut butter and jelly, man. Give me a sandwich. It's Booker T. Then, of course, it's the voice of reason, as usual, a tip top commentator in his own right. It's Vic Joseph. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get started with the big shoe, the big shoe today. So, we start with the the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics. Um, round one, I guess, uh, bracket B. This time, it's going to be Carmelo Hayes and his it's the, uh, uh, what's that, uh, 
trick, uh, tricky, uh, trick Carmelo, you know, it is the, uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams versus Idris Enofe and Malik Blade. That's right. So it's a, a, a big tag team match. It's about 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Now with NXT, the tag ropes matter. So then it's, it's used very, uh, you know, even if it is not used, the roughs don't really make a big fuss. Don't make a big fuss over it. The Trick Mellow game, that's right. The Trick Mellow game is intact today. So we have some interesting situations. Uh, Idris Nofe, Malik Blade, two massive uh, high flyers. Uh, I would say uh, Idris Nofe, uh, I guess representing this Dusty Rhodes classics best of all, because he's wearing the, the black and yellow polka dots. The polka dots, you know, black and yellow, yellow and black. But he's got the polka dots happening now. He got a moment here where uh, I would say that uh, Trick Williams saved Malik Blade's life. Where Trick Williams is on one side of the ring, outside of the ring, and Carmelo Hazing on the other, other side, outside of the ring, in front of the commentating table. And it's uh, Malik Blade with the Tope Suicida. And he falls short. So it is uh, Trick Williams catches him before uh, he lands on his head. It lands on his very head outside the ring. Saved! by Trick Williams. Um, Idris Inofe with a massive tope. Good stuff. Anyways, heading into the ring here. <clears throat> the fight goes on. Um, Trick Williams gets uh, Idris Inofe with one huge, it is uh, almost like a choke slam um, in Zagiri. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's like the sidewalk slam. Choke, choke, uh, it's like the uh, uh, choke slam slash, uh, you know, uh, rock bottom. It was huge. You know, it could have been a finisher right there. But the match carries on. Match carries on. You know. Now, here's a wonder interesting thing here. Now, what's that? Uh, um, you know, to the moon, Cameron Grimes. He's got this move where uh, he is a counter of the crossbody. So you give uh, what's Cameron Grimes a crossbody. He does a backflip and ends up giving you a, a body slam, landing on top of you. Now this was a similar style of move with this, except it's uh, was so interesting. It was uh, um, Idris Inofe. It was Malik Blade actually um, doing like a front bump, taking a front bump over top of uh, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes doing a backflip almost. But ends up becoming like a, a front bump DDT. It was huge. It was a crazy move. It was a crazy move, you know. Anyways, uh, it's something I should uh, want to bring up because it was uh, very fascinating. Now, in this match here, the big spot of the match was Idris Inofe. Oh, my goodness. He goes to the top rope with the classic Macho Man style elbow. He gets, he gets such height in this thing here. This is craziness. Um... He probably, it's just like Macho Man, his, his heydays, his, yeah, this Idris Nofe elbow drop, I can't say enough, it was from the heavens above, this was ricochet approved, this was crazy, and crushes down really hard on uh, Mr. Atrick O'Williams. Now, in this match here also, it's, uh, what's that, uh, Malik Blade also takes the sky, with a massive a frog splash onto uh, Carmelo Hayes, you know. Now with that, Trick Williams had to break up the pin. He comes in there um, and breaks it up. Now after that, 
It's uh, Iturista no fe. He gets rid of Trick Williams, tosses him outside of the ring. Now, this is the end final sequence here. He tries to do a, uh, a slingshot tope to Trick. Now, <laughs> it was... Uh, uh, it was it was tough to see because uh, if Trick Williams did nothing, um, Idris Inoufi would just land on his face right on right at the feet of uh, you know Trick Williams. But Trick gives him a right hook, whammo, smashes him right in the face, and he gets back inside the ring there, where uh, Carmelo Hayes hits his uh, massive uh, lung lure, double lung lure, with his lung lure right onto uh, Malik Blade. Tags in Trick Williams and Trick now. They ca they're calling it a flash knee strike, but what Trick does, he just jumps at jumps at uh, his opponent. So he jumps at uh, Malik Blade. His knees are up, but it's ridiculous. He just jumps at him, and uh, they both fall down. Now here's the thing here: the, what's most dangerous is the landing. Looks like Malik Blade lands right on top of uh, Inofe's or Malik Blade's head, right on top of his head. So, but regardless, moving on to the finals. The finals, or the semifinals is, uh, what's that, uh, I should say, the, well, anyways, semifinals, it's uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. So, moving on, moving on. We go backstage, and it's uh, with Kenny Kelly Kincaid with uh, Fallon Henley. And there's going to be a big battle royal, a 20-woman battle royal tonight. That's the... Almost the entire roster, every able woman in the roster is in this thing. Um, culminating to a fatal a fatal four way, and uh, it's all yeehaw, bitch. So it's weird. When she said yeehaw, bitch, it's like, uh, well, Kelly Kincaid, what did she what did she do to earn that bitch moment? I don't know, but regardless, um, Fallon Henley Fallon Henley is ready to rumble. Moving on. We go into the ring with uh, your new North American champion, Oba Afima. The big man himself talks about the, uh, the prophecy long foretold that a juggernaut will be drenched in gold. So Oba Afima, he claims to be the new, he claims to be the war leader, the Nigerian prince. That's right. He's the NCAA champion, uh, NCAA fighter, uh, a DI, something like that, you know. So, uh, he's the, uh, he's got the belt, so now he's a ruler of the NXT. So it's true. Now, Obafima, he just had very few uh, matches on TV, televised matches, very few of them, and already he's the NXT champion. He's moving mountains, Obafima. He is a, he's a phenom for sure. He's a one hell of a talent, and talents like this, clearly he's already earned his first championship belt, you know? And, uh, yeah, anyways. So Dragon Lee, your former champion, comes down to the ring, and he talks about, uh, like himself and Carmelo Hayes being uh, fighting champions, and perhaps that Obafima should be a fighting champion himself, and if he should be, it is uh, Dragon Lee wanting dibs at it tonight! But Obafima's like, I'm sorry, but this will not be like that. There's no longer will be open challenges. So he puts an end to the open challenges. Um, but Dragon Lee, he wants a rematch. And basically he's calling out uh, Obafima at Vengeance Day. 
Well, Obafemit wouldn't have anything of it. And he decides, I will think about it. So that's interesting. Obafema, giant guy. He doesn't need to fight all that. He can he can pull the Roman reins and fight every, what, uh, every couple of months. Hope he doesn't, because that would be lame. You know, that would be totally lame. But anyways, he's putting on a strict, uh, you know, um, must-see event for the North American... Anyways, regardless. So will they fight at Vengeance Day? Only time will tell. Probably yes, probably not. But I know this, uh, Dragon Lee, I think uh, he's going to start going to the main roster again, you know, and doing that full-time rather than NXT. I thought he was already made the jump to the main roster. But however, we move on. I digress. So we got ourselves a little bit of the uh, um, Trey Bear Hill, you know, um, talking backstage with uh, Eddie Thorpe. And they talk about stuff, but, you know, them both being a representative of the native culture, the native culture. And then that's when Dijak gets his nose into their, nose up their business, you know. And he calls out, uh, you know, a Trey Bear Hill, Mr. Bear Hill. And then they get into it, and then, you know, it, they, a match is made right there. Dijak versus Trey Bear Hill. Bear Hill later on tonight. So with that, we go backstage. It is uh, in the old locker room area, so to speak. It's with Carmelo Hayes talking about talk, and Trick Williams celebrate their big victory. Moving on in the Dusty Classic, looking forward to uh, eventually going to Vengeance Day and challenging for the tag team champions championships themselves. And then that's when Drag Dragonoff comes in there with his belt in tow, and he apologizes to Trick Williams about, for letting him down. Over at New Year's Evil, where there should have been a the championship match then, but he was injured, or the, maybe they were just dragging this out, dragging off in this, dragging off in this out. <laughs> okay, that was a terrible tongue twister. Okay, anyways, maybe they're just dragging this out for this uh, very moment, because over at Vengeance Day, it is where the big match will happen. That's where Dragonoff will defend his gold against Trick Williams. And Trick's like, oh, that's going to be a tough one. So he's got a lot of thinking to do because he's, uh, he's got to pull double duty. So now, is there going to be a, well, there's definitely a, a fly in the ointment in uh, Trick Williams' plan? Or is it? Or is it? We move on to our very next match. It is a tag team a match. It is uh, Letra Lopez and Lola Vice versus Lyra Valkyria and Tatum Paxley. Now, Lyra and Tatum, they, uh, now, Letra Lopez and Lola Vice, they, they're matched. You know, they got matching gear. But uh, Lyra and Tatum, they're taking, Tatum takes another level. Basically, uh, Lyra had her stuff stolen from her locker, and uh, it is now Tatum Paxley wearing her gear. So, basically, uh, Tatum Paxley's wearing um, Lyra Valkyria's gear. Mm -hmm. in that ring there looking except for the trunks trunks are uh, very similar not the same but the tops are the same and the hairdo they come in with the same hairdo too uh, uh, Tatum comes with the Lyra Valkyria updo regardless how did this match go this was a lot of fun I guess um, no this was about uh, I don't know, a couple minutes long anyways I didn't really mark, mark that I should have but I did not um, this was a lot of back and forth a lot of back and forth indeed. Um, 
This is about three and a half minutes. No, almost about four minutes this match was. About four minutes long. A lot of back and forth. Now, we got a moment here where, uh, in the beginning of the match, where uh, Lyra Kyria, she goes for her patented missile dropkick from inside the ring to outside of the ring, but she catches herself with the armpits so she doesn't quite uh, go through. Very cautious move. And then this, it's Tatum Paxley. She she does the same thing. She follows through with a massive same-style dropkick, and they look at each other and say, hmm, you can do it, I can do it too. I don't know what they said. But uh, it was a little shocking moment for, that, for Lyra to see that to happen, but it happened. Anyways, move, move on. We go a moment here where Lyra, she gives... Uh, What's that? The Electra Lopez, a fisherman suplex. Uh, she goes for a pin and uh, Electra kicks out. And uh, Lyra goes for another move and Lyra gets kicked off Electra. And that's where she gets tagged out. Tatum tags in and she goes to the top ropes with a high crossbody. Not the greatest looking, but it's a high crossbody. Apparently, this high cross was so powerful, it knocked uh, Electra Lopez clean out. She was unconscious. It had to be. Because uh, it was uh, Lola, Lola, per, Lola Vice. She breaks it up. You know, breaks up the pin. Now it just comes a funny end sequence, where it's uh, Lola Vice is taken off by uh, Lyra Valkyria. They scrap, they scuffle for a little bit. Lola sets up. She kicks uh, Lyra in the stomach. Lyra gets back up. Lola's about to give her a spin kick to the face, and that's where uh, um, Tatum Paxley pushes. Lyra Valkyrie added away to safety and she gets spin kicked to the face knocking her out cold knocking her out unconscious and uh, the final sequence lands like this Lola uh, Tatum Paxley ends up landing on top of uh, what's that Electra Lopez um, Lyra Valkyria gets rid of uh, Lola Vice tosses her outside the ring and referee counts one two three that's right so, uh, yeah, Electra Lopez has been lying there for uh, a t about a couple minutes, unconscious, with a high crossbody. Lola Vice lies on top of her, unconscious, and she gets a pin unbeknownst, unbeknownst to anybody that matters to Lola or uh, no, to Electra or uh, Tatum. Anyways, big victory for uh, Lyra and Tatum. Now then we go to backstage with all the women, like most of the women in the uh, Battle Royal. And we have ourselves a, uh, um, what's that, uh, my favorite, of course. And it's, uh, you know, uh, what's that, uh, <laughs> um, what is that? Adriana, um, Ariana Grace. That's right, Ariana Grace. Now, I don't know why I got the... Uh, there, Ariana Grace. Wow, that took forever in a day. That's okay. Ariana Grace, she makes a speech so long, like me thinking about her name, that I completely forgot there for a second. Yeah, I'm going to keep that all in there, including this pause. Anyway, so she talks, and uh, everybody leaves it. Anyways, so it's all about the big uh, battle roll coming up. I can't believe I wasn't uh, prepared for that one. Anyways, regardless, regardless, we move on to our next match, and it is Ridge Holland versus representing the Gallus boys. It's Joe Coffey, and is with Gallus. It's Marcus Gall Marcus Coffey and Wolfgang ringside. 
Now this match was about three and a half minutes long. Now uh, Joe Coffey, he's all talk. He's a little guy with he's got well he's a little guy, but he's got a lot packed onto his little frame. You know, so he's a thick guy, but he's all talk, all talk. You know, uh, uh, Joe Coffey, Ridge Holland's back, and Ridge Holland, he's got his old music back, the epic music of Ridge Holland. Like, but this match is short, short and sweet, I suppose. Uh, Ridge Holland, a much bigger guy. You know, I would say cruiserweight versus a heavyweight. And you know, Ridge Holland was throwing around uh, Joe Coffey like he was a bag of feathers, a bag of a feathers. Like the overhead throws, quite a few of those fuckers. Um, Wolfgang tries to intervene, tries to help out, gets on uh, the ring apron, and he gets punched off. And uh, that was it with that. The Wolfgang and Marcus Coffey never interfered after that one. So it was, of course, uh, you know, uh, after that interference there, uh, you know, uh, Mark Coffey, he decided to, he got his uh, little bit of an offense going on. Until, of course, Rich Holland turns things around again, and to finish off the match, it was not just a, it was like a power slam. It was like a, it was like a, hmm. It was like a body slam, except he's, he's like, uh, it's, it goes on the side. I think uh, Gunther did this for a little bit, this finishing move. But he picks him up for po- body slam. It's like uh, a brain buster body slam. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure he's going to call it a name pretty soon. But Bridge Holland with a big win, like a scoop slam driver, some, some, some sort of scoop slam driver. Anyways, after the big win, it is uh, uh, Marcus and Wolfgang come into the ring and attack Ridge Holland. That's right. They start attacking him, and they're looking at the uh, the ring entrance apron area there every now and then. Every They're looking at the ring entrance, make sure that there's no referees coming in there to stop this whole um, chicanery from happening. And, uh, yeah, they just beat down uh, some uh, Ridge Holland. So I think Ridge Holland's first... Uh, goal in the NXT is to beat up every single member of Gallus. So who's next? Um, Joe Coffey got his arse kicked first. Now will Wolfgang or um, Marcus get kicked next? Or will it be another match between... uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be, you know, Rich Holland versus somebody from Gallus. Once again, this is not over between the two, Gallus and uh, Rich Holland. Anyways, we move on backstage with Kelly Kincaid, with uh, Baron Corbin. And <laughs> this was a very funny. The Baron Corbin having a... It, it's supposed to be an interview with, with the their new tag team partnership, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. Baron Corbin's there, and he's talking about how he's the leader of the team. And, he, <laughs> and then Braun Breaker shows up a little bit late, saying that he's got the wrong information from Baron Corbin, saying that the interview was supposed to be later on. It was hilarious. Now, Baron Corbin, Braun Breaker, great chemistry. I wrote that down. Great chemistry between the two of them. I think it's great. They got, uh, they, they they seem very relaxed around each other to have m- poke fun. They can they can uh, roast each other with great confidence. But they're talking about who indeed are the assholes, and uh, they're getting Kelly Kincaid involved with this. Who is it? It's it's uh, you know Baron Corbin. He's one, right? He's a he's a red. And then uh, of course Kelly Kincaid trying to be unbiased unbiased reporting. She says, I think both of you are a-holes. So yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of rib, a lot of ribbing there. But anyways, they're looking forward to uh, the tag, Dusty Rose tag team, uh, you know, classics, considering they may have won their first match. Moving on to the semifinals. That's it. The semifinals, that's what I was supposed to say. Now, here we go. Moving on. 
this is of course the uh, um, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics once again this is uh, representing Chase U it's Duke Hudson and uh, Riley Osborne versus the Latino World Orders uh, Cruz Del Toro and Joaquim Wild back in the NXT now with uh, Chase U we've got ourselves some uh, you know Andre Chase and with the LWO Latino World Order we got ourselves Zelina Vega at their side now this was uh, roughly nine and a half minutes long mismatch this was very now Duke Hudson he is about the size he's about the same size same weight as uh, both Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde put together and uh, when Duke Hudson was in the ring he was destroying everybody you know Joaquin Wilde gets like absolutely smashed it's just uh, a massive sidewalk slam just huge and uh, it seems like you know when uh, Cruz Del Toro Joaquin Wilde they try to double team some Duke Hudson they try to double soup they try to suplex him both of them try to suplex uh, um, you know Duke Hudson but Duke Hudson gives them both a double suplex double suplex them both and then double clotheslines and knocking them both out of the ring like they're sacks of uh, feathers right outside the ring there and then it's, uh, you know, um, Riley Osborne with a massive uh, uh, springboard uh, moonsault just crushing them both outside the ring. Now inside the ring, it's uh, Duke Hudson again. He gets caught with one massive poison, a poison rana. Looks like Duke Hudson takes a nasty spill on his, on his head, but he takes a nice clean bump. You know, Duke Hudson uh, comes back around with a massive corner, a urinagi. That's right there. You're an Augie. Anyways, they fight on. Joaquin Wilde, he's the, basically the hero of this story here. Joaquin Wilde with a massive uh, missile dropkick off the top rope to uh, Duke Hudson. You know, he, he gets um, Joaquin's gig on a tear right now. He runs around. He, uh, he gets uh, Riley Osborne. He goes to the top rope. It's a, uh, with uh, uh, Tope... Uh, moonsault he crushes Riley Osborne outside the ring there climbs, climbs back in the ring there jumps Topes outside the ring again to a uh, tornado DDT on Duke Hudson throws Duke Hudson back in the ring there goes in back in with a, a springboard moonsault when he went for a springboard going for a springboard he tags out and he hits a springboard moonsault then it is Cruz Del Toro go to the top rope back to his back's facing, uh, um, what's that, uh, Duke Hudson. And then he does a flip forward and a 450 splash on Duke Hudson. It is over for Chase U. Their dream is over. And I'll never will forget you went into the Dusty Tournament Classic. That's right. It is over for the dreams of uh, Chase U. Perhaps Andre Chase would have been a best, better choice in this match here. I don't know. But anyways, they lost, and it is uh, J.C. Jane who put this team together. Because she doesn't have much faith in uh, Andre Chase. So moving on, it is uh, the LWO. You know, uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro versus Carmel Hayes, Trick Williams team next week. And then we go backstage, of course. It's with uh, the D'Angelo family. That's right. 
and it's with Tony D'Angelo and uh, you know uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo giving the old uh, uh, pep talk to Adriana Riesel hopefully she can win this huge thing anyways moving on we go backstage and it's with uh, I guess your uh, Heritage Cup champion Carmelo Hayes with uh, Oro Mensa back there and they're talking to uh, a little bit of uh, you know uh, um, with Matt Stone and Vaughn Wagner then they have a little thing about uh, uh, Vaughn Wagner not really knowing what a, a Heritage Cup match is all about and uh, you know uh, Norm Dar trying to explain and his brain melting trying to do it but this could be a thing you know uh the next opponent for the, uh, you know, Norm Dar's Heritage Cup could be Vaughn Wagner. If he understands the rules. Because you don't get, uh, what, a six uh, count? Six quick counts? One, two, three? I don't know. Regardless, we move on. And it is a big match. It is uh, Dijak versus Trey Bearhill. Trey Bearhill. And Trey is, uh, definitely has good intentions. Good intentions. Wrestling skills is at a very low. He's like a punch and kick guy. You know, not really strong style. Punch and kick guy. Yeah, very slow. He's a, he's a, a larger kind of guy. He's a larger frame man. So he's like a heavyweight. But uh, yeah, skill level, low. Very low. This match was about uh, 4 minutes and 40 seconds. Roughly about under 5 minutes for sure. But here we go. Trey Bearhill, he tries to take advantage at first, but he climbs to the second rope and he gets kicked off. He gets crotched. He crotches himself on the second rope there. Hoosh, he wah wah, and he gets kicked in the face by uh, Dijak. Dijak turning things around. He knocking Trey Bearhill out of the ring. Now here gets where it gets weird. Uh, he clotheslines the hell out of Trey Bearhill. They both climb outside the ring there. Um, now, when they're fighting outside there, um, Dijak throws Trey Bearhill into the barricades. And then the referee decides to climb out the ring there and to see to see what's going on. He climbs out of the ring and makes sure Trey's okay after hitting uh, that soft, soft barricade with his shoulder. And why he's out there now, joining the ring, joining, uh, you know, Booker T and Vic Joseph, it is uh, the crazy one, Joe Gacy out there. And Joe Gacy, um, now it is uh, Dijak. He's trying to tell everybody down. He's trying to, you know, uh, undress everybody, talking down to everybody at the ring there. He talks down to Booker T, talks down to Vic Joseph, and he talks down to uh, Joe Casey. And Joe Casey stands up and headbutts, uh, um, you know, uh, Dijak in the face. Right in the face! Referee didn't see any of it, apparently. Uh, because he was outside the ring for no apparent reason. The check on, uh, you know, uh, Trey Bear Hill. One Bear Hill. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, hilarious. Anyways, so uh, Dijak takes a step back, and when he turns around to do something about it, Trey Bear Hills, Trey Bear Hills in his face. Trey pull, throws uh, Dijak back in the ring there, and he does some his his patented moves. He does these downward downward slaps. He does these ha oh, bear slaps ha oh, a couple of slaps onto uh, Dijak and a double bear slap onto Dijak. And next you know it, Dijak turns things around with a spinning, with a tornado pump kick to the face, uh, Trey Bearhill. And I guess that effort of, 
you know, Joe Gacy of the headbutted face really meant nothing, did nothing, because it was Dijak with a big victory over Trey Bearhill. Was it a big victory? It was a victory. Um, it was a big loss to Trey Bearhill, but it was a Tuesday for uh, Dijak. Anyways, after the match, it is uh, Joe Gacy attacks Dijak. So it looks like uh, someone else wants to be uh, taught some street justice. I want some street justice, so I'm going to attack some Dijak. So, right, Dijak's got his next opponent lined up for uh, a nasp wallopin. Next up, uh, we got, actually, it's not over for Trey Bearhill because he's attacked by uh, Alexis King. He runs in there with his uh, shake, rattle, roll, shake, rattle, roll. He gives a neck breaker to uh, Trey Bearhill. Now, this huge thing's ridiculous because, uh, you know, it's apparently, uh, you know, Alexis King is blaming Trey Bearhill for his, uh, you know, him not getting that belt, not getting that, uh, you know, North American Championship title. But uh, he doesn't understand. He started this, uh, Alexis King started this whole feud in the first place by attacking Trey Bearhill before the big old tournament, big old breakout tournament. So regardless, um, you know, uh, this is going to happen, I guess. Uh, Trey Bearhill versus uh, Lexus King next week. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Not really. Moving on next. We go backstage in this with uh, a little bit of uh, John Bradshaw Layfield. Who's got some words with uh, Josh Briggs. He was his uh, pick for the breakout tournament. You know? Now, whole, the whole thing is this. Uh, um, JBL says, uh, Josh Briggs, you've got to find yourself. Who is Josh Briggs? Now, JBL was the wrestling god. Now, your story is different. It has to be different. It can't be wrestling god. You can't take my thing. He didn't say that. But he's got to show the WWE universe. Who? Who is Josh Briggs? Now, I truly believe Josh Briggs has got some serious talent. He can go far in a business if he plays his card right. He's got potential. And if he harnesses the power of uh, the Green Lantern and Batman, he can do it! And Superman. Moving on. We go backstage and it's with uh, um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And Trick has an epiphany. He says, yes, that's right. Coming uh, Vengeance Day, I will go two times. We will win the Tag Team Championship gold and I will go on to the main event and main event the uh, Vengeance Day and win! the World Championship gold and we have two belts. We will take it all, y'all. Take it all. We'll take most of it. Carmelo Hayes is uh, thinking, hmm, I feel kind of uh, small. I feel kind of small. He didn't say that. But anyways, so next up, we got our main event. It is a women's 20 women, number one contenders, battle royal and fatal four-way main event match. Now, the women that were involved with this, now here's the thing. Um, it was supposed to be, now a couple of these women aren't in there, you know, like, uh, um, what's that, uh, uh, Nikita Lyons, and uh, another one, it is actually, uh, what's that, uh, um, you know, what's her name, uh, well, there's a couple people, it is Ren Sinclair taking over for uh, Cora Jade, now Cora Jade, um, I believe on a, in a house show, she toured her uh, um, ACL 
something like that she tore her quad or something like that she tore her ACL and she's going to be gone for a long time a long long time but a couple of the women a lot of these women are in this match that I have no idea who they are but who's in this match in order of uh, elim- elimination we got ourselves uh, Jakira Jackson Ariana Rizzo now this is a they, this is the order of them thrown out Jakira Jackson Ariana Rizzo number two um Jada Parker. Jada Parker. Now, Stevie Turner was in this match. She hasn't been seen in a long time. Uh, Brinley Reese. She's been eliminated. Electra Lopez. Lola Vice. Gigi Dolan. Blair Davenport. Tatum Paxley. Um, Carmen Petrovic. Ariana Grace. Thea Hale. Izzy Dame. Lash Legend. Ren Sinclair. And uh, the rest of them in the match are uh, Kiana James, Kalani Jordan, Roxanne Perez, and Fallon Henley. Now we got ourselves some uh, moments here with uh, um, Kalani Jordan. She's like the new uh, Kofi Kingston. Two times where she tried to get, they tried to throw her out. One time she uh, held onto the ropes. Another time she uh, uh, fell into uh, someone's arms and then she got thrown onto the old, uh, um, I believe it was... Uh, um, Jaden Parker, she fell into her arms or something like that, and she uh, got landed onto the commentating table. She eventually got herself back into the very match. You know, just like a uh, Kofi Kingston style. Knowing this match here, she gets, uh, Brittany Reese gets thrown out by uh, Electra Lopez. Now, here's the thing. Um, now, Electra Lopez, she gets, uh, she gets thrown out. Now, now, she gets thrown out by Lola Vice. Lola Vice throws out Electra Lopez, which was kind of crazy, too. But uh, eventually, um, after that, it is uh, Lola Vice gets thrown out as well. But here's the thing. Now, apparently, I think Lola Vice and Electra Lopez, they're no longer friends. No longer friends! Because of that treacherous thing that uh, Lola did to Car- Electra Lopez. So, yeah, they fight after uh, Lola gets eliminated, after uh, Electra did. So I guess, who knows? Will they have start a thing where they're fighting each other? Or will Elector just join, uh, um, what's that, uh, Legado World Order? The Legado World Order with, uh, you know, Santos Escobar. And, uh, you know, Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo. Anyways, they fight off. Another thing i got to mention, it's uh, Gigi Dolan. Gigi Dolan. Um, she's got it with uh, Blair Davenport, and she... She throws herself out. She throws herself out. Now, Blair Davenport's on the outside of the ring, and she pulls down the first, uh, the the top rope. But the rope just bends three or maybe two, three inches. And then Gigi Dolan ejects herself from the ring. It is hilarious. Gigi, you are hilarious. No one helps her out. Only when he, only when he, the only person who eliminates Gigi Dolan is Gigi damn Dolan. It's a shame. Is Gigi Dolan is the most curvaceous woman in the NXT, and to see the sexiest woman in the NXT eliminated so quickly is tough to see. Anyways, um, then we have uh, what's that? Uh, a nice, a celebrated moment, a celebrating moment where Ariana Grace throws out, uh, um, you know, Carmen Petrovic. You know, after all, I think she was um, knocked in the face by uh, Blair Davenport because Blair Davenport was ejected, eliminated by uh, Carmen Petrovic and Blair got her revenge by a big swift-needed face after pulling her... Anyways. 
Now we get ourselves a fatal four-way happening. It's Kiana James versus Kalani Jordan versus Roxanne Perez versus Fallon Henley. Now the bright star in this whole thing is Kalani Jordan. She is a bright star. She's got such a fabulous feature in this business. She's, uh, yeah, her moves are great. She is, uh, yeah, I'm impressed by Kalani. Period. Hands down. Kalani with a massive springboard moonsault from inside the ring, from, you know, she's uh, standing outside the ring there. And she springboards off the bottom rope outside the ring. It is beautiful form. She's Kalani. She doesn't just do a wrestling move. She puts finesse. She has got class. She makes it look epic. Like this moonsault, even though she just springboarded off the first rope, but she gets some great form on through the air. Great, great stuff. Greatness there. Now, Kalani Jordan, actually, uh, it's Kiana James. She ends up hitting Kalani with a massive uh, um, 401k. But however, the match does go on. It's uh, Kiana James. Uh, she's fighting on the top rope there. And Roxanne Perez off the top with a massive horikarana off the top rope, throwing Kiana James right off the top rope there. And then it's, oh, this is graceful. This is class. This is pure beauty. This is, uh, what's that? Kalani Jordan going off the top rope with the most spectacular. I, I, I can't say I've seen a more spectacular looking uh, um, splash off the top rope. Um, there's got to be a name for this. It's like she jumps off a shooting star. Not She doesn't do any flips. It's a straight up splash, but she spreads eagle. She spreads out with this one. She spreads completely out. Um, just... Uh, just going for this thing. She's uh, committing. She's 100% committing into this splash. You know, this is Kilani. Goddamn. That's all I got to say. Goddamn. Beautiful. Yeah, and then uh, eventually the fight goes on. Um, it's uh, Kiana James. She's set down in place, and uh, it's Kilani Jordan going for one more move. It is the moonsault off the top. But she misses, she misses the moonsault because uh, Keanu James is pulled to safety by her friend, Izzy Dane. So after that, it's uh, going to be uh, Roxanne Perez versus, uh, you know, Kalani Jordan. These two are great. Now, Roxanne, uh, when, uh, what's that, uh, what, uh, Kalani turns around, she gets kicked to the stomach, and then it's Pop Rocks later. One Pop Rocks later it is the, uh, what's that, Sunset uh, Bomb, Sunset Flip Bomb onto uh, Kalani. Kalani loses, and it is uh, Roxanne Perez winning this big match. This big, not just a uh, battle royal, but it's a fatal four way. So moving on and going for another ch- opportunity, opportunity at regaining, regaining her. Women's Championship Gold. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I mean, uh, Roxanne Perez versus uh, you know uh, Lyra Valkyria. I'm looking forward to it. Looks gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Anyways, um, coming to overseas, so it's gonna be uh, Roxanne Perez, Lyra Valkyria. Next week will be the contract signing. Contract signing. Anyways, well, that wraps up. Of this week's episode of the NXT, but fear not, um, we'll be right back after this very short break with some SmackDown. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
this just in. <clears throat> it's that time once again to take a look back, a very cynical look back, at representing the WWE and live from um, the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. It's Friday Night Smackdown, <clears throat> air date January the 19th, 2024. This episode is the road to the Royal Rumble. So, let's get going in a... One, two, one, two, three. Let it really address the lead. He likes to talk about it. If he likes to address the lead, we can't do. Come Welcome to All The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the, the non-competitors. Um, the, they are the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, representing the general manager. Most people know him as Mr. NWA. Others know him as Mr. Mickey James. He is Nick Aldis. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops. They are the team of Akela Braxton and Kathy Kelly. Next, heading into the ring with our officials, the referees. And the referees today are the team of Charles Robinson, Dallas Irving, Dan Engler, and Jessica Carr. And of course, letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such matches. We've got ourselves Mike Rome. And then last but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew. The play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of. Now he's a man with impeccable style. He's the extremely handsome one. Not a lot of people call him that. At least I do. Uh, uh, he is the very reliable uh, Corey Graves. <clears throat> and of course, next to Corey, Corey refers to him as uh, a KP, but we all know him as a very enthusiastic uh, Kevin Patrick. And of course, let, without any further kadoos, let's get started with the, the show. The show. And we start a very big, a very, a very big. Now we've got ourselves our, uh, a contract signing. It is for the Fatal 4-Way. Actually, we actually start off with, uh, before the show starts, the Bloodline. <clears throat> Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, uh, Sol Sokoa, and Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! No Yeet Uso. <clears throat> Coming to the ring. Saying that they're the business not getting done. Anyways, regardless. So we head to the ring here, and it's with the uh, the Fatal 4-Way to determine the new championship, I guess, uh, determine uh, for the championship gold at uh, the Royal Rumble. And so, uh, 
We've got ourselves AJ Styles comes down there, signs a contract. LA Knight gets called down, he signs a contract. Randy Orton comes down, signs a contract. And then, uh, you know, Nick Aldis, he's uh, residing over the whole thing, like I said. Uh, now he calls down Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns doesn't come down there. He sends Paul Heyman down there. So, uh, Roman, uh, I guess Paul Heyman, the, the uh, mouthpiece, you know, the talking for, uh, uh, you know, uh, Roman Reigns saying this is, he's not going to sign the contract. He's just not going to sign the contract. So, uh, Nick Aldis says, you know, it's all right. It's all right if he doesn't sign the contract because uh, this match will go on. It would just be a triple threat match for a vacant championship. You know, that's exactly what happened with the heavyweight championship. You know, uh, he uh, he held that hostage too long. He's like, you know what, uh, we're just going to st straight up uh, strip it. And now Seth Rollins got it. You know, he didn't beat uh, Roman Reigns for it. You know, regardless, that's my opinion. And I'm going to stick to it. So anyways, um, so Paul Heyman's in complete disbelief. He starts talking about, uh, it will, no one will buy it and stuff like that, you know. And it should be a one-on-one, -on -one, a one-on-one, -on -one, a one-on-one. It should be a match like that. But, you know, and uh, inside the ring, lo and behold, we got two people arguing. And that's, uh, you know, uh, AJ Styles and LA Knight. They are now, uh, Randy Orton sits back and let them argue over who should be number one contender. You know, who should be the, the person who should be uh, facing Roman Reigns one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, LA Knight talks about uh, how, uh, you know, AJ Styles, you know, uh, stepped in his fight, stepped into his fight, and AJ Styles like, you know what, I had this battle before you and such like that, and you stepped over my corpse to get at them, such like that. Anyways, uh, they don't like what they're talking about. So then they start fighting, AJ Styles, LA Knight, they got some bad blood, baby. Bad blood between them. So then they start fighting. They start taking that fight outside the ring there. More officials trying to break it up. And then we got a one-on-one -on -one moment. It's, uh, you know, uh, Paul Heyman and uh, Randy Orton in the ring there. Randy Orton uh, pretty much giving a message, a message to uh, uh, Paul Heyman. You know? So, anyways, uh, Randy's got a message for uh, um, Ray, uh, Paul to take back to his, uh, you know, tribal chief, and that's uh, he's got uh, well, Randy message. He's got he says he's gonna beat, um, well, he's got a message for him. He's gonna beat up. He's gonna t beat up Soul Sokoa, and also with the three most deadliest letters in the uh, wrestling business today, the RKO. He's gonna RKO Roman Reigns. To become the new champion, championé, as uh, Norm Dorwich could say it, the championé. You know, the championé. Anyways, so we go backstage after that. It is with the, an irate AJ Styles, and he wants uh, he wants to beat the holy hell out of um, LA Knight. And Nick Aldis says, you got it. It's on. So not main event match, but it is going to happen. You know, and I gotta say, damn, AJ's looking so jacked these days. When he got back, damn, AJ Styles, massive arms. 24-inch pythons, baby! Nobody, he'd never said that. But they could be in a 20-inch, well, close 20-inch uh, area, I'd say. Maybe uh, 21 inches, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? They're huge. Regardless. 
we go into the ring with our very first match. And it is a six-person tag team match. So uh, these ones here are, are fun. Uh, now it is uh, between two tag uh, teams that are, you know, they specialize in, mostly specialize in tag team, tags, tag matches. Um, so it just should, this is pretty clean, pretty clean. You know, referee, it's hard, it's hard to keep control over a six-man tag, let alone, you know, a, a regular tag team match. So who's in it? Who? Who is going to be fighting? Why, it's the um, complete Latino first match. First team is the Latino World Order. It is Carlito. I think Carlito is a new um, head of the Latino World Order. With Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild, and uh, Zolina Vega. Walking them in. Versus, of course, the new LWO. It is the Legado del Fantasma World Order. Um, it is Santos Escobar, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo. And perhaps one day they'll be uh, rejoined by uh, Electra Lopez. Because she's having problems in the NXT right now with Lola Vice. Mm -hmm. Who knows? She may or may not join. Um, Legado del Fantasma. You know, it'd be great to see her in such a, you know, step up her game. Anyways, inside this match. <clears throat> this is about uh, nine and a half minutes. And the referee starts it with uh, everybody in the ring and they start going all out and they all uh, fight. And next you know it, everybody's outside the ring and we got ourselves a wonderful uh, a double tope suicida where Carlito and Joaquin Wilde uh, go, uh, actually Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde do a double tope suicida outside the ring. Outside the ring. <laughs> Anyways, we got ourselves a one. Now this is one. I like this uh, this uh, string of moves. This uh, string of moves that the uh, Legado do. It started with uh, Angel Garza. He tags in, uh, um, what's that, uh, Santos Escobar. And then t Santos tags in uh, Humberto. So then we got ourselves a three-person team-up for the time being. Anyways, it starts off with uh, um, the Dory Stretch. The wonderful Dory Stretch on, uh, you know... Yeah, on, uh, what's that, uh, anyway, so it, it, it on, uh, what's that, uh, um, Joaquin Wild. Then Humberto, okay, so it's, uh, okay, Dory Stretch, it's, uh, Angel Garza, Dory Stretch on Joaquin Wild. It's, uh, Cruz del Toro, does a slingshot, neck breaker, and then follows in with, uh, Santos Escobar with a basement dropkick right to the face. Right to the face. Joaquin Wilde not feeling so good. But this match carries on. But that was a wonderful, I like that, uh, string of moves. Beautiful string of moves. Anyways, eventually, Carlito gets tagged in. And he wallops both, uh, all of the, uh, what's that, uh, Legado del Fantasma. Mostly of, uh, Angel and Humberto taking them both on in the ring, just smashing them both up. Just and then he knocks uh, Humberto and Angel. Angel falls outside the ring there. But here's the ending part. Here then uh, it is uh, um, Humberto Carrillo. He jumps up. He hits. Actually, he gets hit with the uh, uh, spine buster, massive spine buster by uh, um, Carlito. Gets him with the spine buster. Drops him down. Goes for a pin, but as Santos breaks up the pin. Um, Santos gets pushed off, and then it's, uh, what's, uh, 
Humberto, he goes on a, he gets a nice springboard. Whammo! Um, what's that? Uh, in, uh, in, uh, Insiguri. Insiguri. I would say Insiguri. A flying kick. Insiguri to the head of uh, Carlito. Carlito goes down. He goes for a pin attempt. Then it's Cruz del Toro off the top rope with a headbutt. Headbutt. To break up the pin. Then, of course, it's uh, a Cruz del Toro gets uh, kicked in the face. You know? So he gets kicked out of the ring by uh, a Santos. And then uh, um, by Joaquim. And then Joaquim kicks Santos in the face, kicks him out there. And then uh, it's Angel Garza kicks Joaquim in the face. And then, uh, what's that? Uh, Carlito. Now it's Carlito versus uh, Cruz del Toro right now in the ring. The legal men. So Carlito takes up uh, Angel Garza and spine busters him. I think like spine busters him. It's like a spine buster. Throws him down. The standing spine. Anyways, he throws him down. And then, of course, he goes and grabs, uh, what's that? Uh, Cruz del Toro. Cruz del Toro is in his corner and he gets blind tagged out by Santos Escobar. Cruz del Toro gets uh, hit with a massive finishing move. A massive finishing move. It is the uh, backstabber. And before he can get a pin, the referee's like, hey, yeah, he's not the legal man. He gets rolled up, a roll-up, a schoolboy. A schoolboy roll-up with a matchbook cover. One, two, three, couldn't kick out of a roll-up. No, he couldn't. Anyway, so yeah, Carlito loses for his team. So the Lafuafo, the, the LWO, Latino World Order, loses to Legado del Fantasma in nine and a half minutes, roughly. After that, we go backstage. It is a pre-match interview. Kayla Braxton talking to Elton Prince, Kit Wilson, pretty deadly. The pre-match interview. Uh, now, this is a rematch. They're going to have a rematch um, against, uh, it was uh, Butch and Tyler Bate at the time. At uh, New Year's Revolution, the very first SmackDown of the new year, which they've lost, easily handed. Now, they've got excuses. They said, well... Last time, we didn't know who Butch's partner was going to be, so we lost. We were ill-prepared, but we're prepared now. They say we're prepared now. So they're ready to fight. And this match was uh, about five minutes, I believe. And, uh, well, this was pretty embarrassing for uh, Pretty Deadly. You know, uh, they are uh, a former two-time tag team champion. I believe more than two-time now free time i think anyways it's been a while um so now they're just uh i guess they're push boys to make uh, you know to make legit now it's no longer butch no 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 he's taken a step right back no character development whatsoever for butch he is now a pete dunn pete dunn so the team is now done and dunner <laughs> done and dunner <laughs> uh butch and tyler Bate. now this match here um, was uh, all about Pete Dunn and Tyler Abate. Now, uh, yeah, Pete doing his old, uh, this is English strong style, Pete Dunn with his uh, joint manipulation and trying to stretch apart, uh, you know, Kit Wilson. You know, he gets uh, Kit up in the, actually, Ty and Tyler Bate, he gets Kit into the old airplane spin and he spins him around and Elton Prince tries to help out. He gets kicked in the face by his own partner. Oh, this is a lot of hilarities. A lot of hilarities. Um, Pete Dunn's back at the ring there. He gets, uh, uh, get both of them in the ring, uh, pretty deadly. Uh, but it's Kit Wilson. He gets wheelbarrow suplexed right on top of a partner, his partner. 
right in his belly. Just throws him around. Whammo! Actually, he's not really wheelbarrow. Yeah, it's wheelbarrow suplex. He throws him down. Throws him down. And then uh, at the end of the match, which was pretty short, um, it's Elton Prince is in the ring there. Kit Wilson's, uh, the legal one, Kit Wilson's uh, still in the ring. And then it's Tyler Bate. He does his slingshot. Um, he where he slings off his uh, shoulders and his, uh, you know, he goes tope, slings off his shoulders on the top rope, uh, goes back around and then with a massive lariat, knocks out Kit Wilson. And then it's uh, Elton Prince. They both give him, a, he's on the landing in the corner there. Pete, uh, Pete Dunn gets tagged in. And they both do a flying enziguri to the face. That's right, they kicked him in the face. Um, what's it say? Uh, Tyler Bate, he then uh, tope suicidas, a slingshot, tope over, and he lands and takes out Kit Wilson from the match because they're now both lying outside the ring, leaving everything to, um, what's that, Pete Dunn and Elton Prince in the ring there where uh, it is one, uh, you know, uh, Bitter end later. One bitter end later. It's over! And then after the match, after the short match, it's a respectfully length match, I suppose. I don't know. Anyways, Caleb Braxton saying, uh, back there catching up with the team. It's like, uh, I thought you were ready. I thought you were ready. Apparently, they were not ready. They were not ready. Maybe next time they'll be ready. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, um... I guess uh, pretty light matches for uh, Pretty Deadly the past this year so far. Uh, they're they can do so much more. They can do so much more. But uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I say this also: the uh, the WWE their tag division, both women, men and women's women's division, worse than men. They're both are just garbage. They're both not very developed. They never will be. I don't think. I do not think though. So next up, we got ourselves the KO Show, Kevin Owens. And he brings out his guest. He never thought he'd say this, but his guest is uh, Mr. Logan Paul. And uh, anyways, so it, it comes down to Logan Paul. He blames, he actually, uh, he, not really blames, Kevin Owens says blames, but he, uh, he has Kevin Owens to thank, I guess, for him being in the WWE in the first place. And he was like, what, Why? Why? Apparently, on uh, WrestleMania, April 11th, 2011, um, three years ago, apparently, um, Kevin Owens greeted uh, Logan Paul in that ring with a kick to the gonads and then a stunner right to the face. So with that, he decided to get vow revenge and train hard every day. Ate his Wheaties and said his prayers and ate his vitamins. And now... He's in a ring as the, uh, what's that, uh, the United States champion, doing absolutely nothing with it, you know. I always have a competition going on right now, being unbeknownst to the uh, people who are competing in it. It is who's going to do the least amount of work this year. Will it be uh, your United States champion, or your United States champion, yeah, um, uh, Logan Paul, or will it be uh, your world champion, your universal champion, uh, Roman Reigns? But anyways, I digress. So in the ring there, it's a uh, call comes down to this. Uh, Kevin Owens has got a cast on his hand because he's apparently got a quote unquote a uh, broken hand. So he's got his cast on it. So Logan Paul's like, you better take that cast off or we won't have the match. Stuff like that. And uh, why? 
uh, Kevin Owens decides to take his uh, cast off right then and there, then that's where the attack happens. Logan Paul sucker punches him right in the face as soon as Kevin Owens turns around. But uh, Kevin Owens said before, he says, uh, you know what? I've been through so much in this uh, wrestling business and one punch will not take me down for three seconds. It will not. It takes a whole lot more to put down a, a Kevin Owens. So then after one punch, Kevin Owens goes down. Logan Paul thinks it's over. He's knocked out. But Kevin Owens gets back up. They go at it again. Kevin Owens, with a double leg takedown, takes down Logan Paul. Logan Paul, then they fight outside. They fight, take the fight outside there. And Logan Paul ends up grabbing Kevin Owens' hand and then makes him karate chop the ring post just like this. Just like, like that. So yeah, without that cast on his hand, that, that so-called cast, on his hand, off, you know, the Cody Rhodes, the Cody Rhodes cast. So yeah, he's done cry chop the thing again. So wow, he's going in with the Cody Rhodes trope to the uh, Royal Rumble. So yes, will he have a cast? He can't have the cast. What would he have? Extra tape on his hand for sure. Versus the bionic knuckles of uh, Logan Paul. Because he's got the titanium plates inside his fist. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. And then we got ourselves go backstage with the bloodline. Um, Roman Reigns giving uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy trouble. Hassling him. We're not getting the job done. We're not getting the job done. You know? Anyways, uh, Solskoa takes on himself because, you know what? He feels responsible for not getting the job done. So then uh, he gets to Roman Reigns' uh, face and said uh, that he takes responsibility over what did not happen, and it's gonna he's gonna change that tonight. So next up, we got ourselves a tag team championship mid card match. That's right, a mid card match, a championship mid card. I couldn't believe it. They couldn't put this in the beginning, you know, at least to start the show with a championship match. But no, it's a mid card match, and it is of course your current, your reigning. And uh, defending champions, they are Team Teeny Tiny. They are Caden Carter, Katana Chance. I bet both together they weigh under 200 pounds. Easy. Versus the unholy union of Alba Fire and uh, Isla Down. Now watching this match is, of course, uh, Damage Control. Joining commentary is, of course, the most curvaceous woman of SmackDown. I call her the sexiest woman in SmackDown. It is Bailey. So she sits down with the uh, Corey Graves and uh, Kevin Patrick. Happy she's not sitting down with Michael Cole. Anyways, watching the match is, of course, um, the translator, Dakota Kai, Asuka, Eosky, and Kari Asane. So now, inside the match, we got some interesting things here. But the end sequence is, uh, there's a lot of back and forth. It was, uh, it was about three minutes, this match. Very short. It was, uh, you know, Apple Fire, Isla Dawn. Uh, it's been a long time since they had a match, since they fought. It's been a long time since they've been in the ring, and I can't believe this is the match that they got in the ring with. Um, they couldn't have a, a warm-up match, you know, some other match before this one here. But it was... Uh, all pretty, pretty much Caden Carter, Katan Chance, making the Alba and Isla look like uh, rookies. Rookies. So, yeah, former champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, they were put to task. 
by the tiny, teeny, tiny team of Katana and Caden. Katana and Caden. Now we got a moment here where uh, Isla Dawn, she tags out to uh, Alba Fire, but Isla Dawn is still in the ring fighting the team of uh, Katana, Chance, Caden, Carter. And then she's put to the ropes where she's put to the top there and she's going to be uh, her Karana down. But it's Alba Fire. She runs to the ring there and she tries to stop it, but she gets uh, crushed by Isla Dawn. She gets dropped and then Isla Dawn gets her crowned off still right on top of uh, um, Alba Fire. Isla Dawn rolls out of the ring but stays where it's put. Now, match goes on. It is uh, Caden Carter trying to put a finish to uh, Alba Fire when she hits the ropes. Um, well, she gets pin attempt and she hits the ropes and uh, she gets clobbered in the face by Isla Dawn. Hopefully it would end it. But however, it does not. Um, you know, Katana Chance, she, uh, she sees what's going on. She runs up to her. She climbs, so she jumps off the uh, tops of the uh, steel steps. High crossbody takes out Isla Dawn inside the ring. It is uh, interesting, uh, very sloppy looking, but it, it happened. Um, it's basically a springboard uh, Canadian destroyer. Springboard Canadian Destroyer. It is uh, Caden Carter taking out uh, Isla down. Fast, fast, fast match. After the match, after, however. Actually, yeah, no, after that is... Uh, the match goes on. And next note, it's... Uh, um, Fire. she's taking a big finishing move, uh, which is a keg stand, which is... Uh, um, Katana Chance gets tagged back in. She does a handstand on top of the shoulders of Caden Carter, and they drop backwards, and she gets splashed. So that's one, two, three. It's over! That's right. I tried. I jumped the gun. I remember, that was all me. I jumped the gun. But that's all right. That's okay. But after the match, it is uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Kari Sane and Asuka. They come in into the ring there, and uh, they got uh, the tag team championship belts. Nice and comfortably um, with on their persons. I guess what they're trying to do is just to, uh, I guess, uh, hand the belts back to Katan Chance and Katie Carter. So this is going to be another match here um, next week, I believe. Uh, so I, I think this. So far, uh, Chance and Carter, uh, they are... They are unified women's champions because there's only one uh, women's championship belt in the uh, women's in the uh, in the WWE in general. Uh, they should really be theoretically be representing all three brands, but uh, they are, I think they're just representing the one brand and it is smack it down. So they're going to have another busy date next week against uh, the Kabuki Warriors, like I say. Anyways, next up, we go backstage and it's with the, uh, the OC, the original club, at least uh, what's left of them, you know, or, or they renew club. So it's, uh, of course, Michin. It is uh, Luke Gallows and, uh, you know, um, um, you know, Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. Okay. And uh, Luke Gallows is like, hey, we got your back. Like, we always got your back. It's like, are you kidding me? He didn't get his back when he got injured. You guys weren't even there. Never there. So AJ Styles like, whatever, buddy. Who are you again? I can't remember your name. I, and I can't believe they're still part of the WWE. I thought they'd be in the TNA uh, once again uh, as a champions. And now, uh, yeah, I would believe that the uh, you know good brothers Anderson and uh, 
you know, Gallows would have been in the TNA, they'd be champions again. But they're doing zero, nothing. Maybe are they injured? Who knows? Maybe that's why they're doing nothing anyway. So we go backstage now with uh, Kathy Kelly with uh, um, talk about the scary situation that happened with Austin Theory and it's Carmelo Hayes giving his two cents. And he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna ball out. He's gonna ball out, baby. He's gonna be a baller. I don't know. Anyways, that's when we got ourselves uh, um, Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes coming in there. No, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Austin Hayes. <laughs> it's uh, Austin Theory and Carmelo. Austin Austin Theory and uh, uh, Grayson Waller. Okay, brain fart over. Okay, so Austin Theory. Grayson Waller come in there and there and I talked about and I couldn't believe it. Austin Theory, because last week he landed on his head. He tried to do a Spanish fly, yes, like a, a sit-down springboard Spanish fly to uh, Carmelo Hayes, and he ended up landing on his head. Carmelo Hayes ended up landing on his head, landing on top of uh, um, Austin Theory's head. So it was a head sandwich. It was crazy. And I can't believe he's up and at him. Up and at him, you know? Looks perfectly fit and ready to rock and roll. He said, I take you today, but, and, you know, Carmelo Hayes challenged him to a match, a rematch next week, you know, a do-over. And then before, of course, uh, you know, Austin Theory can say yes or no, it is Kemp, it is uh, Grayson Waller saying yes, the match is on. And uh, Austin Theory not appreciating the quick answer for him. Anyways, next match. It is a big one. It is uh, finally, it's time for AJ Styles versus L.A. Knight. Because they don't like each other none bit. None bit. So they start fighting. They start a fighting. And this was a lot of back and forth. You know, uh, it's, uh, why? Yeah, well, now here's, in the beginning of the match here, L.A. Knight has this uh, punch kick combo. You know, where he does these back spinning fists and just spinning back fists and there's a kick and he's done... Now, DT says this combo, but uh, before he can finish off the combo, it's LA Knight, he collapses. He collapses because I, I think uh, it, looked, it seemed as though, uh, you know, uh, AJ was uh, going a little bit stiff in this match and I there's nothing I like more. I love more than uh, people actually chopping a little bit too hard. Because <laughs> it uh, it just brings the realism just a little bit more. You can just just you can just feel it. The match is just a little bit more intense, you know. Anyways, they take the match outside. Now this was fun. Now even though uh, now I believe uh, the first time they take outside, uh, what's that? Uh, AJ Styles had his head used as a. Uh, uh, a basketball, and he gets his head bounced. Like, this is the typical L.A. Knight move where when they fight outside, it's uh, t like Bobby Lashley's typical move where when they fight outside, he uh, uses his opponent's head as a battering ram on the ring post. This one here is L.A. Knight plays basketball with his opponent's head on the commentating tables, uh, on the commentating table, the ring ap apron on there. So then AJ Styles turns it around a little bit. He rolls in the ring and out the ring to break up the count. So that's pretty interesting. But regardless, um, when they fight outside some more, you know, um, now that might be out of order. But anyways, uh, AJ Styles, they fight, take the fight outside. AJ Styles throws uh, LA Knight into the uh, barricades and then rolls in and out of the ring. 
and tries to deal with LA Knight again, but LA Knight gets him with the uh, basketball in the te- on the uh, commentating table. So yeah, um, but that was one time. AJ Styles, you know, uh, aware about the uh, you know you got to break the count, you know, some ring awareness. But then after that, it is uh, they're outside for it's ridiculous amount of time because it's no yeet. Jimmy, he comes down to the ring area. And uh, the referee's counting. It is a long time. They're fighting outside there. Long time out there. Referee just stopped counting. So Jimmy walks down to the ring. L.A. Knight gets his attention. Jimmy Uso, they walk towards each other, you know. Uh, but, however, it's uh, L.A. Knight. He gets suckered. Well, he gets, he, uh, he doesn't get uh, Jimmy. He ends up getting kicked in the face by, uh, um, AJ Styles, he backs up and uh, to the, uh, what's that, timekeeper's area where there's a hidden solo, where Solo Scored pops up there and with a, this uh, Samoan spike, he knocks down LA Knight. Referee calls the match. Dink, dink, dink. Disqualification. So, yeah. Uh, so who won that? Did LA Knight win it because uh, LA Knight was attacked? Because, or is a double disqualification because uh, Solus Koa didn't represent any other team. Okay, regardless, I don't know. I'm assuming, according to uh, tradition, LA Knight wins because he was attacked. Anyway, so, getting into the ring there, it's Solus Koa not done. He then uh, solo spikes the Spike Koa. He does that on the Simone Spike on AJ Styles too, knocking him down. Thinking, I've taken care of two people. Time to take care of the last person. Randy Orton, I'm calling you out right now. Because the main event match. It is uh, Solskoa versus Randy Orton in this uh, massive six-minute match. Massive six-minute match. The other one was about five minutes. So about six minutes. 6.15, roughly, roughly. So Randy Orton comes out there and it's a ready-to-go time. Ready-to-go Randy Orton is pretty much getting squashed with the match. He's getting crushed, um, including his head. He gets thrown down to the uh, corner. He's sitting down in the corner, and he gets uh, um, solo score. He runs up to the corner and uh, basically bash your uh, head between the turnbuckle and his buttocks. So they, too, they too take the fight outside the ring there. And Randy Orton gets his head thrown into the uh, uh, commentating uh, table. Mm-hmm. And he gets thrown into the uh, steel steps. Whammo! You know, if you were to throw the steel steps at your opponent, forget about it. Match would be over. But you can, however, throw your opponent into anything you want. Steel steps uh, through the commentating table, through the uh, through a uh, the ring post. The referee doesn't care because apparently it doesn't hurt too bad. It doesn't hurt too bad. You know, it doesn't hurt so bad because eventually Sol Skoa gets taken out with the back drop driver through, uh, like, on top of the commentating table. Now, it's a good thing that, uh, I don't know, the, the commentating table wasn't, their pins weren't taken out, so it wasn't collapsible at the moment, so he just bounces off, ricochets off the commentating table. And then it's, uh, Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! No, he, Jimmy! He comes out of the ring there, he wants to help out uh, Soul Sokoa. However, it's L.A. Knight. He comes down there, and he starts beating up some, uh, Jimmy! And then Jimmy escapes with his life. He doesn't, you know, instead of going to the ring still, try to help out his, uh, you know, his brother, his, you know, Sol Sokoa. He go, he just tries to escape with his life. And then it's uh, AJ Styles comes out there and beats up the holy, beats a holy hell out of uh, Jimmy and throws him into the Titantron. 
And then in the ring there, it was uh, Randy Orton watching the whole thing, watching the whole thing. And then uh, he turns around to see that Solus Co is about ready to give him the old uh, Samoan spike. And then uh, it's just, uh, nope. And then right down there, it's the uh, RKO. And that was it for Solus Sokoa. It was a fun match. That was period, period. So after that, you know, big victory with uh, against Solisco getting RKO'd. And then after that, we got ourselves a uh, three of the guys that's going to be fighting at the Royal Rumble, having a face-to-face-to-face. You know, it's uh, Randy Orton, AJ, and LA Knight in the ring. And LA Knight takes out AJ Styles with a wicked clothesline. Clothesline from hell. Takes him down. But it's Randy Orton with a second RKO on to LA Knight. And then his third RKO of the night on to uh, AJ Styles. It's like, wow, three RKOs, you know. Wow. You know Randy Orton's feeling good right now. If he's just throwing RKOs left, right, and center. Until, of course, the day that he doesn't feel good. Then he's probably thinking like, hmm, maybe I should cool it with the RKOs. But nope, that's three RKOs so far. And you think it's over? Not quite yet. Roman Reigns finally shows up. Roman Reigns shows up with a Superman punch, knocks down, you know, uh, Randy Orton. Watching the whole thing happen is, of course, is, uh, you know, uh, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis watching this whole thing go down, you know. And he doesn't, he had a, he, like a couple weeks ago, he was fed up with, he was completely fed up with the bloodline ruining the outcome of a match. You know, we're interfering with the match. And it's happened twice so far this, in this day. Anyway, so he's out there. And he has contract in tow. And uh, Roman Reigns asks for the contract. And contract's given to Roman Reigns where he signs it oblig- ob- obligingly. He signs it. And then tosses it towards uh, Nick Aldis where it just drops on the ground. You know, it's like, ha, take that. Ho, 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 ho. It's always fun. But anyway, it's in the ring there. Roman Reigns looks to finish it. Looks to put the finishing touches onto uh, Randy Orton with one last spear. But however, Randy Orton was, I guess he was just feigning uh, being injured. So then with the one spear coming in, it's Randy Orton counters that spear with an RKO, his fourth, his fourth RKO of the night. That's right, four RKOs. Wow, you know. I'm pretty sure this move is going to bite him in the ass, just like Hulk Hogan's leg drop. Like, in the end, Hogan is just like, Well, brother, maybe I shouldn't have done that move so many times, brother. Brother, my back, brother. So, yeah. I used to be five inches taller, brother. Now I'm not, brother. Oh, brother. So, yeah. Anyways. So, another RKO for, uh, you know, Roman Reigns. And, of course, uh, Randy Orton grabs a contract. And, uh, cause apparently he was too unconscious to see that the fact that Roman Reigns already signed the contract. Um, he, uh, gives the contract back to Roman Reigns saying, Hey, you should sign this contract. Oh, that RKO really gives me a concussion. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, that, uh, that, okay. So we're waiting for the big thing at, uh, what's that? Uh, Royal Rumble. But anyways, that wraps it up for this episode of SmackDown and concludes the wrestling show. Now, if you've stuck around with us to the very end of the show, know that I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. 
So, fear not, listener. Stay tuned for next week for a whole new episode of The Wrestling Show. And always remember, you matter. Thank <laughs> you.